Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. The Houndsman XP Podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this Made in America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say Made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. You know, we all have that one special dog hanging out on the porch. He's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. All these things you like coming together to make one superb dog. That was exactly what we had in mind when we made this show. Welcome to All Mixed Up. Hey, dude, you like that video I sent you? <laughs> very much it was awesome it i was, was awesome we were we were just chatting before this and i was like we're burning great conversation right now so we're live now we're in it <laughs> I was, yeah that uh, that was a good rabbit too oh uh, my god such a good that rabbit. was a really good rabbit too you know? oh. yeah every time i was like oh it's over no it's back on again you know <laughs> yeah i my buddy who i uh the patrons will know i took a great video and that was his, my buddy's first time ever seeing a rabbit race and the first thing he said afterwards was like, dude, I had no idea a rabbit could run like that. And they are way faster than you think. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. told him, he said, uh, they got him. They got him. And I was like, dude, they don't got him until they got him. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Don't ever think mm -hmm. they have him caught until they have him in their teeth. <laughs> Cause yeah, they and it, swindle I, I got, I got buddies that, that'll have a dog that'll get after him. And they're like, yeah, he was right behind him. You know, like a non, you know, speed dog. And I was like, they only run as fast as they have to. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. It, you're not, you're really not seeing him get it until you know something's really running after. Put a him, greyhound you know? or a whippet behind him in the first thirty mm -hmm. seconds, you'll realize how quick they can really move. <laughs> yeah, they they can get up and go. And like we said before, there's some that can't be caught. You know. They're oh, I just, totally agree. Yeah, they're too too on it. You know. So. That vi that the patrons and and people listening this. uh the the recap of this race is on the Patreon page. It's a tailgate talk with the legendary Michael Sula. Um, it was a great race. It was a great rabbit. But we got a lot going on in this episode, Chad. I'm gonna let you take the wheel, brother. I'm gonna I'm just gonna sit back and be a super fan here. But uh, you've, <laughs> you've been up to a lot of fun stuff, man. Why don't you just take it away? All right. Well, I think one of the coolest things we'd like to talk about on this one is uh the, the whole nafa event which is an acronym nafa says stands for north american falconers association <clears throat> um and uh it's 
you know, real quick, it's just an association to help protect falconers' rights, make sure we can take because it's really cool. We get to trap wild birds, you know, hawks, falcons, you know, so even rad. eagles under some circumstances. Now they've actually recently opened back up the eagle take, so you can trap golden eagles not just randomly like they used to back in the day, um, but they have to be uh, depredation uh, permits for like sheep mm. farmers in Wyoming and everything. So they get golden eagles that are eating sheep, then one of us lucky falconers can run out there and trap ourselves a beast of a golden eagle, you know? Um, yeah, uh, and that, that's super cool. But anyway, you know, NAFA helps protect that kind of stuff and make sure we, you know, like fight for our rights a little bit, and it, it's kind of cool. Um, Is there really an but- anti-falconing community? Oh gosh, yeah, it's ridiculous. And and what? falconers have done so much. Uh, the like, and I'm gonna kind of step on toes here because there's always so many people that know a little bit more about it. So I, I might, I'm gonna say as little as I can to make sure I don't step out of line at all. But like the peregrine, the peregrine falcon, um, was decimated early on. I, I'm gonna again mess up. I want to say 50s, 60s. They were just you know very low, but it was specifically falconers, people who hunted peregrines recreationally and bred them captively that played an incredible hand at at repopulating reintroducing massive amounts of peregrines back into the wild you know so it it, that really helped us because yeah there's a lot of people that no don't touch them don't look at them don't do anything you know they're wild animals leave them alone you know and they're they're a resource just like everything else just like deer and when they have an extreme intrinsic or monetary or personal value they're going to save him. Biggest advocate for the mountain lion was houndsmen. Everyone yeah. in the world was trying to exterminate top predators. Houndsmen wanted lions on the landscape. That's why, well, it's not the only reason, but it's a huge reason why we still have lions in the West. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I mean, ugh. I mean, so same, never, same kind of thing. Yeah. That's great. Was it DDT that wiped him out along with other birds? <laughs> I think at that point, I'm sure it played a hand, but it was so early on. They didn't, they didn't know, you know? And they just like shotgun troubleshot. They did like, we're going to do these 50 things and oh my gosh, it's getting better. You know? So I think they have a bunch of theories now, you know, I know that, you know, the DDT and, and all that, you know, that certainly played a hand in it. But um, if it, if that was all, I don't think they would have rebounded quite as fast, but now they're, now they're everywhere. Now we have legal take now, you know, this animal that was, you know, endangered, you know, now, now we can go out, trap them and, and hunt with them, you know, and then when, you know, we've had our time 10 plus years with it and maybe we're getting old or want to do something else. You can reintroduce that bird right back to the wild. You yeah. know, like that's the cool thing about it. You know, um, first time I like, went hunting with a falconer, I was like, he was like, yeah, I've hunted with this bird. We have an all right relationship. She's okay. I mean, she's been a good bird for me, but it's time to let her go. And I want to catch a new one. And I was like, what <laughs> like that's yeah. such a weird thing i imagine if hounds were like that you're like well bobo was a good hound and it's time to let him go free you know it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like so weird it's yeah. cool though it's really cool mm-hmm. there's um there's a uh, certain you know ways you have to go about it you know get them as butterball fat as you can and reintroduce them to a way in an area they're familiar with and uh, there's some people that can, you know, you can dump them in an area they're not familiar with. There's just uh, like some little tricks that some people like to do, but, uh, huh. there's even some falconers that will let them go on their, on their property, totally turn them back loose. And, you know, they don't come home with them anymore, but they'll continue to hunt with them for long periods of time. That like they'll come so back dope. and land on the barn and they'll let their little dog go rifle through the bushes and the rabbit will jump out. The hawk will catch it and they just call the dog off and go back inside, you know, and like that's the cool. rabbit, will, the hawk will eat it and go about his business, you know? So, that's so rad. 
Yeah, and then some days it'll just be gone, you know, and you'll never see it again. And it might have moved on, bred, or died. It's it's cruel out there in the oh, natural world. For you know? sure. Without getting too far into it, that's why uh, you know falconers are allowed to do what they they do. It's because like, let's take like a hundred red tails. Um, that first year, eighty of them will die, you know. And then you know sexual maturity is is two, um, but you know the numbers are by the time they reach age five. Of that original 100, there'll only be five that are left alive. So 80 of them die out of 100, 80 of them die the first year. And then after that, they kind of peter off until they're down to five, you know, and that's where the numbers, I guess, I don't know, they stopped recording or something like that. But um, that, that's, that's, that's why, you know, we're allowed to do what we do because uh, people are like, oh, you're hurting the wild population. And we're like, uh, no, there was like a, 80% chance it was going to die in the next six months, you know, because generally speaking, you know, you're going to see them their first year, you know, they're moving around and they're going to die in the, in the next little bit. And then even after that, you know, they're going to pass away. But here I am. I, I just want to play with it for a little while. This is this animal that's probably going to die. I'm going to bring it in, feed it, give it a warm place, teach it how to hunt and then let it go, you know, and <laughs> when I'm done with it, you know, uh, so it's really hard for them to, you know, tell us we can't, we can't, we can't use this resource when the numbers are there. It's yep. a horrible existence in the wild. Like, yeah. Spraying a wing, it's over. They can't fly, you're dead. Yeah. You yeah. know, with us, it's like, okay, give them two weeks off, feed them some good stuff. But they, that, what's really cool about them is if it doesn't kill them outright, they bounce back from almost anything. You know, like they, their bones mend really, really well. You just keep them calm and feed them, and then poof, they're back again. So, whereas in the wild, they would have just starved death on the ground. Yep. So they're just dead now. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> know. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but anyway, falconry is, you know, NAFA does all these things, you know? Um, and I didn't want everybody, everybody's tuned in for dogs. I don't want to talk birds too much, you know? Um, but NAFA is, you know, the big National Falconers Association. And every year they have a meet. And that kind of floats around to somewhere in the United States each year. There's some main areas that they kind of hit, you know, on a cycle. And then they bring in a new area every now and then. And this year, it was at Lubbock, Texas. And uh, uh, went down and had a blast. Um, and there's every type of raptor that you could really hunt with there. And, and for us, every kind of hunting dog, pretty much it's, it's kind of a unique facet. NAFA, for example, only has like about 2000 members, you know, there's not that many falconers, you know, um, in the U S and of that, there's, you know, about 2000 members there. And, uh, uh, but all the different ways you can hunt these birds that you get, you get beagles, you get terriers, you get flushing dogs like cockers and springer spaniels, and you get pointing dogs from one end to the other. Um, there's even a person that hunts jackrabbits with uh, a sighthound and a coonhound because he likes, you know, he likes to know he likes to, you know, he just happened to get into a coonhound, you know, and he likes what? to hear a lot of voice when the dog finds it. Now it quickly gets left behind, you know, but nobody's confused on whether or not they found a rabbit. Well, though. yeah, I've hunted with a scent hound looking for hairs in the tall grass. And yeah, that is really awesome. So I yeah. get the concept. I mean, when this scent hound found the hairs, it, all the sight hounds instantaneously knew and everyone was after it. So yeah, uh -huh. that's, it's, it's nice. <laughs> and it breathes lice into you. We, it, the you know, hound dogs screaming, get everybody pumped, you know, oh, like, yeah. so uh but on that note you know like i said i don't know if i said beagles and then retrievers and 
Sidehounds, of course, are in there. Um, and I'm, I'm missing a bunch. I, I know it. But, like, basically uh, almost every type. I even know a fellow that hunts with a pit bull. You know, now I don't, I don't think that that dog offers him way more than some other breeds, but it happens to be the dog he has and can't have other ones. And it, they do it, you know, like, so, yeah. Yeah, and it works. So you can get anything to, 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 to get out there and, and, and help produce game. I mean, on some of the, some of the simplest forms, I mean, rabbit hawking is, is fantastic, like cottontails, but like one of the things that can help you the most getting the rabbits to get up is just get in the bushes and breathe hard, you know, just like a coyote, like moving around and, the rabbits go, they move, you know, they, they get up and flush around when there's a dog sniffing and snorting around and breathing hard in the bushes. So, I mean, honestly, if a dog just gets out there and does that, it will improve the number of rabbits your bird sees. When I was hunting with Michael, uh, he was in Germany and they were hare hunting in Germany with, with weapons, with, with shotguns. Mm -hmm. And he said that in Germany, they walk in a big line, they go hop, hop, hop. And they just like walk along and say hop. And I thought that was super cool. So we were, we were, Sitting in the buggy, I was like, hop, 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 as we were driving along. <laughs> it didn't help. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And there's even, I've heard some folks say that, you know, some of the um, native tribes in the U.S. beforehand used to, like when they got access to metals and coppers, they'd put bells or bones or something on their ankles that would rattle around and make noise and mm-hmm. help produce a flesh as well. You know, I don't know how much. Yeah. I need to, I need to wear like a bone necklace to just look menacing. There you go. <laughs> it would, it would be, it would be very menacing if, if nothing else. <laughs> so tell me, tell me about the meat. Tell me about the meat. Was it a jamboree? Was it a good time? Oh man, it's a blast. You know, falconers are, you know, like most hunters are, you know, to a degree thrill seekers, you know, like we, we like to, it's not just so much like specifically with falconers as well as uh, some other types of dog hunting, but I'm talking about falconers right now. There's easier ways to catch game, you know? Oh. Um, it, so when you tie all this together, the husbandry of the bird and the food and the education you have to get and the put up with the laws that go along with it and all this, you finally get the rascal and you're going out there and you try it and some people get right back out of it, but the people that stick with it, man, they're, they're chasing that, that thrill, you know, that, 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 the chase, the hunt, the, it doesn't even have to catch all the time. You know, you just want the, the pursuit is just breathtaking and so much fun. And, um, 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 when you get these guys outside of hunting, they're, they're a wild bunch. You know? <laughs> some of them can even look like, yeah, some of them can look like librarian, you know, like a little, little soft mousy librarian. And, you know, like they're not all drinkers or anything like that, but it, it threw me for a loop one time. I met a, uh, a little old gentleman that I could have swore was like, like I said, like a, like a little old librarian and shh, quiet, you know, <laughs> and after hunting and having a blast time, he had jackrabbit blood under his nails and was like, who wants a shot? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, they're, they're a great bunch of people, you know? And then, like I said, it's not that they're all drinkers. I definitely want to paint that picture, but they, they all like a good time, good food, good talking. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of characters. It, it was a great time. And, the Na- uh, Napa is a big event. There's always vendors coming out your ears. You know, it, there's not really a pet smart to go to for bird equipment, you know, mm. like the hoods and the leashes and the um, uh, anklets to go around the bird. You either got to make it or find another fellow that's good enough at it to make it, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, going to Napa specifically for all the vendors that make hawk furniture is like what it's called hawk a lot furniture <laughs> yeah like falconry furniture bird furniture stuff like that perches you know like transportation boxes and 
all all it hoods is a big deal. You know, these little intricate hoods that fit on a bird just so. If you have it too tight, it gives little rubs and they get scabs on their lips for it's called a gape, but their lips for you know, lack of a better word, <laughs> to get to get it across. Or it's too loose and they can see out of it and then they grab they, they grab your hand <laughs> with oh, their man. sharp feet, you know, when when you go to reach for it. So the hoods need to fit just right. Perfect. Yep. You know? And I- uh Go ahead. I think I think it's really uh one thing I love about falconry is the mystique. Like I really love how it's like been this thing of royalty for so long. It's like mm-hmm. there's just Four no things, man. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to not roll up with a with a beautiful like peregrine with this like beautiful hood on his head and you're just rolling up with him on your arm. You just look like a badass. Like I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here just um, yeah, I see I see the allure a lot of mm-hmm. to it and I'm going to ask you a quick question. I don't want to derail it too hard, but you were talking about exciting stuff. What do you think is the most exciting form of hunting with, with birds? What do you think is, what do you think is the most just high energy, high octane thing? It's your opinion, uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, you know, I've, I've experienced a lot of forms of it. There's still a lot. That's the coolest part of the, you know, you asked me a question. I got to give you a side story to answer the question. Um, The cool, one of the coolest parts of falconry is there's so much you'll never, you'll never touch it all. There's so many different birds and different ways of hunting, but you, you can't do it all. You it's know? just so like hound like, hunting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like it, you just, you know, pick the things you like. And I've done a fair amount of it, you know, or know people that have done these other parts. So it's really hard. I like all of it for different reasons. Like right now, I'm really having a blast with the side hounds and the the, the long wings, the the falcons. Um, that's gosh, that's a lot of fun because you really got the you get to sink your teeth into the chase. It lasts for a while, and you get to see all this epic breakneck speed you know oh, you're yeah. truly seeing a jackrabbit run really <laughs> fast and the dogs are getting it to go you know and then and then all of a sudden you know this bird coming in you know double the speed you know or more you know and so now they're not only running that fast but now they're dodging at that same speed with something that is faster than them now can't maneuver as fast as they can you know yeah um and that's that's what's cool so all that you really get to see some some exciting stuff at the the fastest speed possible, but squirrel hawking is an absolute blast, and that's that's some of the funnest things. That's what I like cut my teeth on, so to speak, with with falconry was chasing uh, gray squirrels and red squirrels with a with a red tailed hawk and my yag terriers, you know, and that was that's a blast. That's a like a a cat and mouse chase up the tree, down the tree, over all one bailed out, you know, and watching these squirrels huh. bail out of the top of a tree from like three stories up and just belly flop on the ground. And there's a red tailed hawk screaming down behind it, like a bowling ball. And they, they'll hit hard. <laughs> they'll hit so hard sometimes, you know, and just kill the squirrel on impact, you know, and it, it, they're, that's cool. Um, watching a peregrine stoop out of the sky, you know, the fastest that's what animal I was thinking. on the planet. I want to see you know? a 200 mile an hour dive. You know what it's, I mean? exploding yeah, a duck <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah watching the because fe- that's that, that's it it looks like you swat this thing <laughs> I, I don't know just pic- picture like a duck flying down the highway and then somebody hitting it and like some super bike motorcycle going like 150 miles an hour just the explosion of feathers it would just like vaporize the duck and just feathers everywhere that's what <laughs> happens that's and you hear the crack that's one of the coolest things when the peregrine starts to dive and it's coming down all the duck hunters that are listening now know what we're talking about. When you hear the ducks coming in on the water, you can hear them. They kind of, you know, as the ducks yeah. come in, you yep. can hear yep. the, the wind rustling over the feathers. That was so, perfect, by the way. Thank, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
So think, let's think about something going like, I don't know, 10 times as fast. Yeah. The air, the air sizzles, you know, it, it like, it, it was like, <laughs> like, yeah, dude, when I heard a Merlin does. fly over me at like 95 mm-hmm. miles an hour, it sounded like tissue ripping. Like it was like, like it was, yeah. it was crazy. He flew like eight inches over my head too. It was really mm-hmm. red. It was jingle and when- bells and toilet paper ripping. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's pretty, that's pretty accurate. And then, and then the hit. When the duck hits the peregrine, and then it's it sounds like somebody's cracking like a fastball with a baseball bat, you know, like it, pow, you know, and you're wow. like, wow, how is uh. everything not dead, you know? So that's really cool. And then you know, a peregrine, small peregrines on small stuff like snipe, snipe, you know, from a shorter distance is you know really neat, action packed, down, up, down, up, down, up, you know, a lot of duck hawking sometimes, sometimes, most of the time is like a one and done operation, you know. But with a snipe hunting thing, you can get. 20, 30 stoops, you know, which is what they call the dive, you know, in falconry terminology, it's stoop. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just bait, regular old rabbit hawking. Hey, guys, a, everyone, uh, when I asked Chad, what's your favorite? It's all his favorite. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I like it all. It's just regular old rabbit hawking, too. It's so care, carefree and fun. And boom, there's another one. Boom, there's another one. You can come out of the woods with a, with a grip of rabbits, you know, and your dogs are screaming. And I like beagle hawking with a red tail on rabbits as well because that's then you get to combine you know what a lot of us here love you know the here the chase of the hounds you get like four or five beagles and they're working you know lining a rabbit out and starting to put some heat on them and then the red tail starts chasing the dogs like they don't none of them need you (laughs) you can sit (laughs) in the truck and the hawk and the beagles are going to go and that hawk will follow the beagles just like some of the farmers that are listening will know when they're out there turning over the soil the hawks will come out and circle around them. They're looking for all those rats and mice that come out of the ground when the soil gets turned over, you know? Yep. And yep. it's the same thing. If a hawk can learn to follow a tractor, they learn to follow the beagle just the same way. And you'll see some that'll sit there and they'll hear a beagle start to work it out like a chop bark, a little, you know, dub, 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 dub. And then when they start heating up, you know, and you could hear them really start breaking twigs and pushing around, then the rabbit, uh, the hawk will go, okay, he's got one going. And then he'll go check it out. That's you know, badass. so okay, I gotta see this. Difference. We gotta find yeah. some beagle hawking because I loved beagling, and we weren't shooting any of the beagles. Oh, I'm sorry, we definitely weren't shooting the beagles. <laughs> we weren't shooting any of the rabbits. But uh, man, I gotta see this. All right, beagle hawkers, I'm shamelessly plugging this. Reach out yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's you'll love it. You'll love it, and that that's one of the things that I like most about it about rabbit hawking because a lot of times you're walking you're walking walking oh the rabbit gets up boom doom it's over and they either caught it or they didn't catch it and now you're going to look for another one but the cool thing about beagles is as soon as they start barking you're on the chase you're working on that one and those dogs will show it to your bird five six times until he gets it you know so like that's that thrill of the chase you get to spread out you know yeah that's what i loved about beagling it's like it was a micro rabbit hunt. I mean, we were just, st- we never moved more than like 300 yards the whole day. And we saw tons of rabbits coming out in the clearings and the rabbit run across the road. And then 20 seconds later, rah, 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 here they all come crossing the road. And I was like, this is so fun. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, I, I, uh, I didn't want to tangent too hard, but I had to ask because you were talking about, you know, very exciting styles. And I want to know what you thought, but it, it, I like them you, all, man. I can tell, which I, I need to be more like that. <laughs> yeah um, it's a i just want i'd like to do all of it but it's you got to kind of pour so much time into one of them it's money. not outrageous <laughs> it's really not that expensive you can make it expensive if you like the fancy stuff 
I spent a lot of money on it, man. I, I like all the toys. Don't get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like my brother. But you can, you can get by. You know, like I know a guy that every year he traps a red tail. You know, he keeps it in his house on a perch. He uses a welder's glove for a glove. He gets from Home Depot for like chump change, you know, like a, a little welder's glove. That's his glove. He feeds it what it catches. You know, he'll start off by going and getting like two or three domestic rabbits and then boom, 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 they're trained. I caught one. And then now it feeds itself. And he doesn't use telemetry. He can just put a bell on it and keep it. And at the end of the year, he cuts the bell off, lets that one go. And I mean, like, he's out nothing. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. That's you know, point. so it can be super cheap. But, you know, we all want the gear and stuff, you know. Like, yeah, nobody wants the, well, I like the old beat-down shotgun. But most people like the fancy yeah. one and this and that and the good tracking systems. And they have all that for birds, too. I have a Marshall GPS system. So everybody, you know, I got the GPS, the Garmin GPS for my hounds, you know, and and I got a Marshall GPS tracking system that'll track my bird around and tell me all kinds of cool stuff like speed, yeah. elevation, climb rate. Uh, I bet that data is amazing. Oh, it's fun to geek out on, you know. Um, and, oh, uh, my God. It's okay. a great safety net. Fastest, fastest speed you've ever seen. What, what, from what species and then uh, what species and how fast? Fastest speeds. Um, fastest I saw. Um, I've heard about faster speeds, but I wasn't there. You know, and those are reputable sources, but I, I wasn't there. Um, but my, um, my, uh, Jer Falcon, uh, uh, broke up into, uh, just into the low nineties on a jackrabbit chase. Now that was after, now when she's just chasing, she has, she has the, it, it takes a long time to get up that, that speed, but she went up in the air, you know, like after a swipe and then went way up in the air. And then the rabbit happened to run downwind, you know, and get way ahead of her. So she had a tailwind and she was coming out of a dive and like the planets aligned. Like I may never get that again, you know, oh um, my God, but, so but, and then she missed it, Like, can you imagine if she had made impact on it though? I mean, the rabbit like, would just animal. explode. <laughs> well, imagine like me being in the, in the car, you know, and then driving like 90 miles an hour. Stick and then as mind. I drive by you, I stick my hand out and slap you in the back of the head. Yeah, I know, you know that <laughs> they have amazing like physiologic adap- adaptations to for their body to absorb that G force and shock of like smashing into something. Dude, a peregrine's hitting something at like 150. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they go, and it's really hard to to replicate that too because they say you know they say that they've recorded peregrine falcons going 240 miles an hour, but it's really hard to orchestrate uh, a need for the peregrine to go faster than that. So we think they can go faster. It's just we have to go up this high and make something fall this fast. And as high as we go, they can pretty much catch up to whatever before. You know what I'm saying? We could throw like a shot, a lead cannonball out the thing, and they can catch up to them, you know, faster. You know, like it's hard to – yeah, to actually set up a situation because they fall faster than terminal velocity, you know. Yeah. A bowling ball isn't going to go that fast if you drop it out of a like yeah, a hot air. The, the falcon is propelling himself forward too, you know. Like, bingo. So something else has to be doing that that's chasing to actually get those speeds. You know? Oh my god! So, that's so how, how do you get that? So yeah, my 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 marshal ticked off at ninety, and I, there's some you know there's so I have some friends that you know will say, hey, that might have been a fluke from the from the system because I didn't have it quite set on the HD mode, and that is a possibility. But like I said, there was 30 mile an hour winds. It blew it down. It had a tailwind. Everything was lined up. She had like 
I don't know, like six, 700 yards chase with that tailwind. So that it's, it's very likely that it happened, but you know, still bad. You always wonder, you always wonder, you know, so did you, did you hunt at NAFA or did, did you get a oh, yeah. bird? Out I hunt? had an absolute blast at NAFA. I brought my Falcon down and my, my side hound and my draught to, to help get him up and bark. Did you, you bring know, like, possum? Oh yeah. Possum was there. He did. He did great. Um, and a lot of the guys that do what I do and like, this is not, I'm not pioneering this by any fashion that, you know, this is one of the oldest sports is sidehound hunting and then falconry. And then they combined them to shortly thereafter. So works good. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 you know, the middle Easterners did it, um, with Salukis and Falcons after, you know, like some of the desert, uh, help me out here. So I, yeah, I, like, I want to say empowered, well, desert but, you know, hares and desert gazelles, like Dorcas gazelles yeah, and Arabian gazelles and stuff like stuff. that. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, so as the dogs are pushing it, the falcon's coming in and either making impact or getting so close, it's making the bird dodge and snatch its head around, and then the dogs can overtake it, you know? So even if the bird isn't grabbing the the gazelle and wrestling it to the ground, they, you know, it's hard to run at breakneck speed with dogs chasing you when something's slapping you in the back of the head, you know? <laughs> um, so th- those are all ways to, to get into it, you know? But... um Shoot, I got so caught up. What'd you ask me, Seth? What, oh, I said, what, did, what you you did you hunt? Did you hunt? Oh, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I I got there and then I caught a jackrabbit right out the gate. You know, uh, how were the populations? They were they were they were not what they were supposed to be. Oh, know? that sucks. Um, like just like everywhere else, they're kind of they're way down. <sighs> um, but there's some hot pockets if you can find them, you know, and get into them. They're 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 pretty good. Um, okay, good. <laughs> well, anyway, the first field yeah. I went to, I hunted for three hours, didn't see a single one. And uh, story of my life. <sighs> yeah, and then three hundred yards from the truck, I was on my way back to the truck, making the walk of shame, you know, dragging my feet, and boom, you know, uh, Griff, my drothar, bumped one, and then you know, gave gave called called the game, and then Possum was off like a rocket after him, and then I just. I have my bird on my glove. I carry it around on the glove. Like there's nothing to look at or get into until I get a rabbit up. So it's best to just keep it on the glove and keep the hood on it, you know? And I already have the things called braces. These are the little strings on the back of the hood that you can pull to tighten and then pull to loosen. And I just kind of leave them half loose. So I could, you know, as soon as the dogs yep, bark and the side down sees it, I could snatch it off his head and I just fling him into the sky. I just throw him straight up in the air. He's, he, he's got it from there. My job is to, <laughs> To get the rabbit going, make sure the sighthound's on it, and then get him up. And the bird will automatically look for the sighthound, you know? Um, so badass. And then just start giving chase. And then I just sit there, and I get this giant grin on my face and try and try and keep eyes on everything, you know? And uh, so off the dog goes, and he starts pushing the rabbit. And then, you know, the, the bird starts off a little slow. It's made for high speeds, but it – the type of bird I hunt with is a jur falcon. It's, you know, the, the biggest falcon. Um, and they're, they're very large birds. Mine isn't tremendous, but that species is known to be the biggest. And, uh, so it, it fires off after it and kind of takes a little while to get up to speed, but man, when they get going, they're fast, you know? And, uh, yeah. uh they're so we'll, beautiful. Yeah. We'll overtake the dogs and the bird, you know, going, you know, like what appears to be double the speed. They're just, whoom, you know, but then at the last second, that, that jackrabbit, they're incredible at this. They can see behind them, of course, you know, and they will go, okay, I'm ahead of the dogs. All right, here comes that bird. And they know, they know what is chasing them based off of the silhouette and the wing beat. So the type of bird that's chasing them, they will try to evade it differently. 
you know? Oh my God. And yeah. So if like, literally if I threw my Falcon up, the jackrabbit would just go sit by a bush. Cause it, <laughs> I don't know if it knows, but it's in whatever, you know, but it, it, it behaves <sighs> this way when this bird chases it. Chris if Powell, I just are you listening? Air, that is a superior life form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so when, so when, uh, you know, so my, this jackrabbit would just stop in a bush if my falcon was coming after it, you know, but with the dog there keeping it running, they, you know, yep. there's more efficient ways to catch jackrabbits, but man, I think it's one of the coolest ways to do it. You know, I so think the, it's got to be near the top. Going. <laughs> and, and, you know, so the bird's going to, it'll catch up and overtake it. And then as it says, okay, I'm pretty far ahead of the dog, you know, and then here comes the bird. It'll kind of like slow ball itself behind a bush to kind of time you know, like as the bird's coming in, like, oh, I'm behind the bush. And as soon as the bird passes over the head, blah, the speed's back on again and he flies ah. off again. So, But the bird will throw its wings out and skyrocket and it'll kind of go up three or four stories up in the air and look over its shoulder. And that's one of the coolest things, too, because ah. at that point it did a dodge, right? So it, it made a hard right, hard left or whatever. And now the dog can cut that corner to speed, you know, to catch back up. And so the dog's cutting the corner and starts putting the pressure back on the jackrabbit again, but the falcon's up in the air. And if you take the time to look at the falcon, he's looking over his shoulder, like, where are you at? There it is. And now he's coming down out of that dive again with all that extra speed and overtakes him for another swing, you know, and then overtakes him for another swing. And eventually, at least with me and the type of falcon that I hunt with the species and, you know, just her style, they all have their own way of doing things. Mm -hmm. She will do that until and they will just the jackrabbit generally goes okay i need to i need to run all out i need to put some distance in between me and this madhouse behind me and they'll line out and give it everything they got and that's what my bird loves because then she'll get in behind it yeah. down low she doesn't like to hit it for whatever reason i wish she would you know but like she wants to fly up behind it and bind to it grab a hold of it and huh. when they really get out and run like that they'll start you know if the if the jackrabbit's gassed, you know the dog can get up and catch it. Um, but if it's if it's got any life back in it, it generally at that point goes, all right, I'm going to give it everything it got. They drop the ears and they go as fast as they can in a straight line. And then at that point, my bird. And at that point, they'll start. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, they'll uh, they'll it'll start to to line out and in open area. And at that point, my bird can like fly right up behind it and grab a hold of it. You know, and That's then it's so sick. I did you get a chase a bunch or did everyone get everyone get a good chance at a rabbit or were they was it pretty slim pickings? Um well it, it kind of you know it's everybody's hunting so like you kind of break up, you know. Of course. And the guys yeah. I was with got into some like I said the first day I I got into next to nothing then another guy, you know, got a hold of me and was like, "Hey, I really want to see what you're doing." And that's the bonus of like having this Falcon sighthound team is a lot of it's, it's there's a lot of moving parts, you know, so it's a lot of times folks can't don't either can't or don't want to or whatever you know like you don't want to have be a guy with a boat you want a friend that has a boat you know uh, yeah yeah and, <laughs> that's and, been the story uh, of my life in, with hounds on xp <laughs> yeah there you go there you go so uh, uh so a lot of times people are like hey i want to see this i got a good spot i'm like yes you do take me you know? <laughs> so i did okay um but my bird is big and she only likes to she only eats like every other day so you know kind of more natural for them to be honest to Feast and famine. You know, they catch a big thing, yep. they eat on it until it's gone, and then they just sit there fat and happy until hunt. they get hungry yep. again, you know? Yep. And that's what she likes. So it was like every other day for me. But I got into them every time I went. You know, not a lot of them, but I got into them every time I went. And uh, the only time we didn't, we didn't, I caught once but lost it, you know? So I went there, hunted three times, 
and caught and put game on the tailgate twice. But one time she got knocked off, but it was a really, really cool flight in front of everybody. Like the opposite of what we said before, like it wasn't a tailwind, but she did some maneuvers, got, you know, pushed off and then got in behind him and just did this epic, you know, like into the wind, you know, like 20, 25 mile an hour wind, you know, like flew it all the way down and, and you know, got a hold of it and then got knocked off and everybody was gassed. But Damn. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a blast. And then I got to go hunt with uh, uh, a, a peregrine hybrid across um, that was hunting doves. And then that's just cool as can be, you know. Uh, is it uh, like aerial got, chasing? Oh, uh, it's okay. So this is one of the the forms you'll I don't want to give too much away because you'll hear this in the in the, the interviews I did with with a lot of the folks there but you kind of drive around until you see some it's weird you kind it's like cutting tracks almost you're looking for doves and out in you know stubble cut and you can see them up on power lines sometimes and as you get closer they'll actually fly out into the field like oh don't look at me and they'll fly out into the field and land you're like ha perfect you know ah. and then you put the bird up and then when the bird's up the bird's like I'm I'm never moving until this falcon's gone you know and the so falcon just goes all down. the way up. Yeah, they hunker down like wonderfully. Like game, wild game acts totally different when there's a falcon around. Squirrels act different. Rabbits act different. Doves, every, every, quail, it, they all act 100%. It's a natural predator that they understand. Well, I know? love hunting with animals. And, it's amazing. Yeah, anyway. It's neat. So, so, they, they, hunker so they hunker down and then you're like, okay, I kind of know about where it is. Let's go out there with a Springer or a Cocker or some kind of whatever, or the bulldog. I, <laughs> I got <laughs> yeah. a buddy that used to hunt with an, uh, with an English bulldog, no less. Oh you know? my God. Um, and talk about getting in the bushes and breathing hard, you know, like she had that <laughs> wrapped up tight. You know, my buddy, uh, 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 Yubi, uh, and his dog was named Chubbs, a female English bulldog. <laughs> um, but uh, they uh, – so you just go out there and get it up. And then, you know, they're going to hold tight. And when you finally get in there, they're like, oh, my gosh. And the, the, the doves make a break for it. And here comes a falcon, you know, from – Oh, dude. You know, his bird, I think, you know, is about 300, 400 feet up is about where she likes the rock. You know, or he. I think his name's Little Man. And he comes out of the sky and just whap. You know, oh, my God. That's so just, sick. Yeah. And so I got to see that, and that was a blast. I've never done conventional long winking, long winging like that, you know, which is what they call falcons. It's the shape of their wings, like short wings or occipiters, like a goshawk or a mm. sharpshin or a coopers or something like that. As it can, you know, loosely called a short wing, and then broad wings are red tails and harses and stuff like that. And then your long wings are your peregrines and your gerfalcons because they have these long, pointy, sickle-like wings. So it's the silhouette, the shape you see in the sky, you know, is where these general terms come from and uh, <clears throat> uh so i i haven't done that i've never done that you know so it's always neat for me to go watch it and you know guys like chris price and uh uh daniel murray and heath gardner and these long wing guys are just freaking they're they're cool they're cool don't tell them that because they got a big head they'll, they'll <laughs> get really they'll get really snobby so if you're listening you ain't you ain't nothing you know dirt hawking <laughs> all the way and then there's dirt the dirt hawking guys yeah and, well, that's the difference because they're uh, what, what's feathered. dirt hawking? Unless dirt you explain it, stuff like rabbits and squirrels, and you know, you're hunting furred game that's more or less on the ground or in a tree or you know, stuff like that. And, gotcha, uh, gotcha. Um, and uh, the the long wingers hunt, you know, feathered game in the sky. But then there's occipiters, you know, your your goshawk folks and Cooper's hawk people, and they'll chase quail and just about anything really. Occipiters are they're they're hell to live with. You know, I don't, <laughs> I, I love hunting them. They're, they're one of the, some of the most fun you can have 
on the on the planet, you know, but outside of actively hunting with them, they're like vicious prima donnas, you know, that just are kind of they insist on themselves. They want it their way or they're gonna have a fit, you know, and and there you go, you know. And there, there's some people that are saying, not if you do it my way, but oh <laughs> overall they're 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 more of a pain in the neck than other types of birds. But they can hunt just about anything. You can hunt That's squirrels, say, rabbits. They're so general. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and just you know, folks, accipiters are your families of eagles, hawks. Um it's uh there's three families, I believe, in that that like tribe there. But anyway, right. basically hawks and eagles. And then, and then the, and then you have your eagle falconers, you know, that, you know, the ostringers, they, they do their, their thing. And that's a, that's a party. And, uh, yeah. So there, there's all that. And then what I do is kind of like a blending of the two, you know, so you have the long wingers that are hunting, you know, birds. And then you have the dirt wingers that are hunting, you know, whatever fuzzy game that lives on the ground. And, uh, and I, I do uh, kind of what I do is a long wing hunting bird stuff. So I, they call it dirt winging, you know, <laughs> um, a little combination of the two. Cause I'm hunting fur, but with the, uh, you know, big snooty Falcon. So I can kind of rub elbows jargon. with, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can kind of rub elbows with both of them. The long wingers think I'm all right. Cause I'm flying a long wing. Um, but I'm still, I'm getting dirty with the dirt hawkers too. So, uh, kind of the best of both worlds in my opinion but dude i uh i always joke around about this i hate golden eagles because they kill so many jackrabbits but mm -hmm. that's just i'm just kidding around dude they are there's just something so badass like when 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 you talk about falconing people of course think of a peregrine because that's the most charismatic one but when you're letting out something that has a seven foot wingspan off your arm and it can take down things as big as like sheep and small deer that's Dude, golden eagles are so badass. What it's a prairie it? dragon, man. Prairie dragon. I love yeah. that. Oh, yeah. that's badass. They anyway, really are. Man, I'm and there's guys that kind of do what I, you know, the, the the what I do with the dogs, the sighthounds and the and the falcon, but they do it with an eagle. There's three eagle falconers. Um like there's a well, there's a there's a ton of them, but like some of the more uh known, notorious uh popular falconers are like Michael Clark, uh, Lauren McGow, and, you know, the Sufferdinis. Um, and they, you know, they all hunt with golden eagles. And there's, like I said, there's a bunch more. But these are the ones that I know and, and you know, look up to in, in, in my own way. And uh, they they hunt uh, – Lauren McGow actually hunts with uh, a litter mate to possum. So out of the exact oh, same dang. litter, she hunts, yeah. you know, a golden eagle with a sighthound that's related to my sighthound. You know, Michael same litter. Clark's videos are bad ass yeah he's <laughs> he films he's he's he knows what the heck he's doing with that camera too you know um he could zoom in from forever away and he, he's done it all and he uses uh whippets to hunt with his yep, um, yep. which is a freaking show you know oh they're just and, so fast yeah so so that's all that's all cool with the eagles and then um but oh but the other thing to get back to the occipiters like the goshawks i got to watch uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, 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 Jeff Reddick, hunt his uh, his goshawk, a big female, um, and I'd probably mangle it. I'm not sure if it was a northern or some Siberian cross or whatever, but it was a big old female goshawk chasing after squirrels, and that's that's just neat because it's like a little bolt of lightning, man. Goshawks can fly backwards faster than I can run forward. <laughs> you know, it's it's really neat. Um, they're like little helicopters that are also serial killers. Dude. And then of course the the vendors, you know. So that was that was my my event, and I'm gonna 
I'll, uh, I got some videos. I'll put all the videos together and throw it up on the Facebook page, you know, just of like my hunt with Chris Price. So you get to see the Falcon stooping at, um, <clears throat> doves and then some, some, uh, sight hound, jur falcon stuff from myself. And then, uh, one of the guys that helped get me into it, Greg Rayborn, I'll, I'll throw his, his picture in there, his video in there. He's got three sight hounds that he runs with his falcon. I only got one right now, but I got some puppies coming. Um, nice. I'm going to change that table, but anyway, so I'll, I'll throw all that up there. There's some pictures from the events and, you know, some good stuff. I'll, I'll throw that all up on the page, but that was, that was the show, man. That was, that was the, that was the thing for me. And so many hunts that I didn't go on, like it, there's only so much you can do, you know, and yeah. I just happened to do some of these things. So it was a small clip next time. Maybe, maybe we can all go down there and get, you know, get some more, a bigger bite of these. People oh, I'm coming so much to show. You know? My wife, she's like in love with falconry. She knows she doesn't have the time to dedicate to it, but she is just mm -hmm. like, uh, she loves it. I, I swear she'd give her to the hounds for the bird. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say this too quickly, folks, get your Google out and listen to all the species that Chad has been saying and go look what they look like because a Siberian goshawk is a beautiful animal. Like, oh my gosh, it is hauntingly beautiful. It looks so predatory, but its colors are just, they're unreal. It's such a pretty bird. Oh my yeah. gosh. They're like a white goshawk, which yeah. just looks like, um, you know, if you had to like draw what murder bird looks yeah, like yeah dude those it, eyes are so <laughs> piercing like it wow. doesn't it look like you plug them in at night to charge them up for the next day you know? like, they just they, their eyes are just lethal and then the north american ones are they have blood red eyes like what? like fire fire hydrant red eyes you know um whoa and, yeah, yeah, yeah those are really cool but the siberians are like white and they got those bright yellow eyes but then they have like the ghost stripes so they're no, like dude, those red eyes. off white oh uh, a slightly off-white stripe. I don't know. They're 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 all there's a, a million different flavors, you know. And as soon as you fall in love with one, you you know somebody's gonna be poking you with another one. And there's those blood there's red some. eyes are badass on the American the North American goshawk. That is so cool. Wow, yeah, those are those are pretty neat. I think personally, I think the North Americans are as pretty as they get, but they tend to be a slightly smaller. Whereas those Siberians are are massive as far as a goshawk goes, you know. Hmm. And and they they could suck up some some jackrabbits. They're re, they're really cool too. They they do. I don't know. Like I said, there, there's a million reasons to love all of them. You know. Yeah. Hey, um, you talk to a lot of folks out there. Why don't you break down your uh, your, yeah. your glee behind the mic? Okay. So I wanted to kind of just show everybody. You know, like you know, you think falconry dog. Oh, okay. You know, well, well what's it doing? How's it really? You know, how's it produce and help? You know, lend to the hunt. And, uh, I just kind of walked around. I was like, okay, I know that guy hunts beagles. I know that guy does this, you know? And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to all these guys. And so I just, my, my questions were real simple, you know, like what kind of falconry do you do? And then like how your dog, you know, lends itself to the hunt. How do they contribute, you know, and like how they use them. And this isn't to be, you know, lined out to where the only way it can be done. These were just a handful of people that I grabbed a hold of um that are successful in the ways That's they do opinion. falconry with their bird and their dogs but there's a million different other ways to do it so this is just one pretty good bite you know of it and uh i let them tell me about it and some of some of the stuff was noisy there's people everywhere everybody having a great time vendors selling stuff and birds and dogs barking and folks remember and all the that terrier stuff. trials so, yeah yeah, so there's some stuff in the, there's some noise in the background, but that's that's just you know part of it, you know. So that was that's what we asked, man. Um, 
So let's uh let's 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 give it a listen, man. Let's do it. All right. What's your name? David Feliciano. All right, David. Uh, what kind of falconry do you do? I've done a few different types of falconry. Started out with kestrels on starlings. Uh, flew a Jack Merlin on sparrows. That was fun. And right now I'm flying a Tearsel Harris hawk on rabbits. All right. And I fly a lot of urban stuff. I'm in Southern California, so it's a lot of urban falconry. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Okay, so how do you incorporate your dogs in your falconry? How do they contribute to your hunt? So they're essential to what I'm doing right now. I've got two dachshunds. They're miniature. Uh, they got real small chests, so they fit into real tight places. They weigh about eight pounds. When I was flying my Jack Merlin, the dogs would flush sparrows from short cover, and right now they're finding cottontail rabbits and flushing them from real tight spaces that I would, A, not be able to find the rabbits in myself, and even if I knew they were there, I wouldn't be able to flush them up without the dogs. So in the kind of places I'm flying that are real urban, not typical falconry fields, they're essential to producing rabbits for my bird. Okay, um, and uh, you know, these Dotsons, these are actually considered hounds. These are hounds, yes. right? This isn't a terrier. Correct. You know? This isn't a legitimate hound. So, so uh, run me through a hunt real quick with them. So you're out. Where's your bird? What is your bird doing? So I like to fly my bird from the fist. I just, that's my preference. He could fly from a tea perch or from a tree or a pole or something, but I like to see everything up close and personal, see the action, see a good dynamic flight. So I fly him right off the fist and I have the dogs work close in front of me. So it's almost like uh, I'm producing a foot flush, but with the dog. Okay. And then, um, so your dogs are, are close by, are they just busy working the whole time? Are they, they're gonna give voice when they get on a track, right? Yeah, they'll give voice if they're on a track, but um, some of the stuff I'm, I'm hunting is rubble piles and trash piles and stuff, and the uh, dogs will know there's rabbits inside of there. Sometimes there'll be multiple rabbits inside that pile, and a lot of times the dog won't even know that that rabbit flushed until after the birds caught it. Um, okay. If they're if the rabbit's right there in the dog's face when it flushes, the dog will run out and course it and will voice the whole time, but it just kind of depends on how that rabbit flushes. Gotcha. Uh, now, uh, does the is the bird keying in on you or the dog or like both of you? Mostly the dog. So I'm right now I'm flying a secondhand Harris Hawk that had never been flown with dogs. He did, did not like the dogs when he first met them, but okay. after catching one bunny over the dog, he immediately pretty much fell in love with the dog. So he'll just ride the fist and just watch the dog intently the whole time and wait for the flush. Um, sometimes he'll, if he misses, he'll run around trying to see if he can get a reflush himself and the dog will be right there in there with him and they're running around together. So he totally trusts the dog. Okay, and so uh, something that's unique about, you know, the dog that you're using, I mean, these are tiny. When we say miniature Dotsons, they're like, these are very small chested dogs. I mean, it's no big deal for them to get in like, uh, like a five inch diameter pipe or... Yeah, easily. So um, my dogs are actually considered, Kenichin is the German word for, um, there's three sizes in Germany. We only have two in the USA. So the smallest size is, it means rabbit dog in German. Okay. And I, I believe the chest measurement for a male is 13 and a half or 14 inches, somewhere around there. The circumference? Circumference. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that is small. So almost anywhere you can fit your arm, that dog can get into. Okay. And I mean, I mean, we're talking like if you, you piled up a bunch of pallets, they'd be able to thread the needle. Yeah, he so can get problem. into a pallet. 
She's got to kind of get sideways, but he gets in pallets easily. Uh, small pipes. I like uh, cement piles, so I'm flying some dairies that are being currently destroyed and rebuilt on but there's okay. just piles of cement everywhere and a lot of rabbits in there all right so the, you're gonna get into this really thick overgrown area where you know there's cottontail somewhere in there and get your bird ready and then get the uh get the uh the the dotson the mini mini dotson out there and they're gonna hunt around until they find odor then get down in there start making a racket and then both you and the bird know something's coming and then boom here comes the rabbit and your hawk starts the show right exactly and um a lot of times i just watch the dog's tail when he finds a rabbit the tail starts going real quick if he's not totally in the cover uh, invisible um if he's totally in there he'll start voicing he'll push the rabbits out with his voice as well all right now here, here's something that i know folks are going to want to hear i mean these are small dogs what do they weigh eight pounds all right an eight pound dog like how do you keep the hawk from trying to catch you're a little dog. I mean, there's jackrabbits that weigh that. Like, how, how do you, how does that work? Mostly the it's a Harris hawk, so they're communal species. They hunt, you know, in the wild with other Harris hawks as opposed to other birds of prey that are solitary. So it's kind of ingrained in them to hunt cooperatively, normally with other birds in the wild. But you know, in falconry, they'll figure that out with people or dogs. So it's just a relationship. All right, and then uh, like. You do a little bit of training ahead of time just to introduce them and you know kind of they get kind of used to seeing them around and then and then they learn that they're a means to an end. They help produce. Yeah, so I did a little bit of introducing them in the house, but the bird was really not fond of the dog. Um, he got a little bit accustomed to it, but I basically just held the bird back. The first time I brought him out, he was baiting at the dog, but uh, I just held him back, waited for the dog to go into cover. Uh, he, luckily, the bird was able to catch a rabbit on the first hunt with that dog, and he's just loved the dog ever since. Yeah, once once they learn that they're a you know uh, a ticket to the show, you know they. Uh, they were in there, they're not too hard to deal with, you know? Um, so, uh, do you have, how many do you have? I have two, a male and a female. Do you run them at the same time, or generally one at a time, or what do we, how's this work? Occasionally I'll run them both at the same time, but I like to run one at a time, just because, like I said, I like that really close up flight off the glove, almost like a foot flush, so the dog's got um, e-collar training, so he's, really reined in he basically i can just direct him he'll go where i point um he'll heal until the next spot in between different spots where i might know that there's going to be rabbits hiding and if i run two it's you don't get such a close slip so i like to stick with one but um that being said if it's a environment where the dogs could potentially track the rabbits if there's less rabbits or it's um, less cover so they can track after if the hawk doesn't catch a rabbit then it's nice to run a brace because one of my dogs is more um, of a hard hunter so he's just wanting to get his mouth on a rabbit and the other dog's a little more oriented towards tracking so one will jump the rabbit and then the other one might track it down later well, that's that's really neat, man. Uh, thanks for sharing with us. Of course. Uh, all right. Well, take care. Thank you. Hey there. What's your name? Joshua Poole. Joshua Poole. I think we've heard from you before, haven't we? Yeah, with, with Seth Hall. <laughs> that's right. With yeah. Seth. Okay. So, hey, what kind of falconry do you do? 
Well, I've done a, I've done a little bit of, of, of quite a few different things. Uh, mainly red tails, hawking red tails on rabbits and, and squirrels, and then uh, I've flown a kestrel on small birds and a, a cooper's hawk on on birds. And then right now at the NAFA meet, I've, I've got a, a buddy's red tail that I've just got for two weeks that I'm gonna be flying on rabbits out this, here. That bird has a fantastic, I would say even beautiful name. What what is it actually? It's actually Bird Reynolds. Bird Reynolds. It's like passionate and handsome all at the same time. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of someone. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so so how do your dogs contribute to your falconry? Well, I'm kind of in a segue right now. So my first season, I, I ran beagles under under my red tail. And uh, it, whenever you're not moving many rabbits, those beagles can really help. They'll strike up a, a rabbit, get it moving. And then if a lot of times the bird won't catch on the first time, so they'll they'll come and crash in on something and then that rabbit will move off and, and those dogs can be really helpful for, for bringing that back, rabbit back around. Uh, they generally run in a circle and uh, they can be really instrumental for that kind of stuff. And then uh, and then right now I, I flew a Cooper's Hawk at the beginning of the season and unfortunately he, he hit a window and it's just things that happened. He, he didn't make it. Yeah, but, uh, that's too bad. But the, the whole point, I've got bird dogs right now, and they're pretty young. And so the whole goal with them is uh, finding quail um, to fly fly birds with, uh, mainly like a Cooper's hawk or a goshawk. Okay, so you walk around with those on the glove, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be the main goal is to do it like that. And then, and then so your bird dogs are going to go around and find and point the birds, and then you get into position with uh, with this Cooper's Hawk on your glove, right? And then and it kind of allows you to set the table for your best chance. Exactly. And, and right okay. now, right now I'm, I'm really, since that happened to my Cooper's Hawk uh, this season, I'm just, my dogs are young. I'm just going to go focus on them this season, try to make real bird dogs out of them, and then kind of regroup next season and, and put it all together. That's and, definitely the ticket. I mean, once you get a bird dog trained, or any hunting dog, falconry dog trained, you can train hundreds, you know, yeah. of, of, of good falconry birds with them, you know, but it, it but one, getting that dog trained is, yeah. the, is the first step. And I, I really think that first season, I mean, the guy, a guy that's one of my mentors in bird, in bird dogs or my main mentor, Ronnie Smith, I mean, he says that first season is the difference between turning in, turning a dog into a dog that'll manufacture birds and, and one that just might come across some and point them. And so I, I'm hoping if I can really focus on them this season, that'll carry them for the rest of their life and they'll always be bird finders. That's right. That's right. So 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 Cooper's Hawk on on birds with with bird dogs that that's the goal and I, I should say there's guys that are doing this right now that are levels above me I'm I'm segueing into this and, and these are goals of mine but I've not I, I caught a, I caught two quail with my Cooper's Hawk this season but uh-huh. uh, it wasn't over dog point uh, he didn't really like the dogs and uh, it's something that I'm building towards is really what's going on there that's fantastic we all start somewhere man and uh, and in and, and, and two catches with a Cooper's Hawk that that in itself is is uh, commendable, you know. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you. So, well, fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Happy to do it. All right, partner. See ya. All right. So, hi. What's your name? Uh, my name is Hannah Dahl. All right, Hannah. Um, what kind of falconry do you do? Um, so I hunt squirrels with a uh, red tail. All right. That's cool. Uh, what uh, so what what kind of what kind of dogs do you use for okay. your falconry? 
Uh, so mainly I use my Yog Terrier and sometimes my Cock Spaniel. Awesome. How do they how do they contribute to your hunt? What, what do they do to, to, to help facilitate? Okay, so my terrier kind of keeps squirrels moving if he sees them like running through the canopies or if they bail from a tree and the bird misses. He's pretty good at tracking like where they went. Um, and so like when they like let's say they come down and jump on the ground, like he'll push them back up. Or yeah, so I like having some pressure on the ground to keep the squirrel in the tree. Okay. Because I feel like that gives the bird a better chance, kind of, to get some swipes at it. So they're like at the bottom, jumping up and down, yep. screaming. Like, so you got a yag terrier, so these these rascals scream a lot. Yes. Not just barking, but screaming. Yeah, barking and screaming because the squirrels like to sit really still and try to hide from the squirrel or from the hawk. So mm -hmm. um, sometimes just the hawk isn't enough pressure to get the squirrel to move. So the dog and us hitting the tree with like a stick and stuff usually makes the squirrel move which then therefore the uh, bird starts to chase it. Gotcha. All right, and then, like you said, if they come down, they'll pressure them back up. Yep, or sometimes they'll just like hurry up and run to another tree, so it kind of gives you an idea, if I didn't see it or the bird didn't see it, of uh, what tree they went to. Right, right, all right. And then your cocker, same same kind of thing with that? Uh, or? I mean, yeah, she kind of uh, just helps pressure stuff in the field she isn't like you know a squirrel dog but she has a really good nose so sometimes uh she can tell like if they were just freshly ran up a tree and she'll kind of hang out around there you know running around um but she's just easy she's just an addition <laughs> awesome awesome and then do you have any issues with your dogs and or the hawk like eventually the, the bird's going to catch it and mm -hmm. bring the squirrel down to the ground yep and do you have any issues with the, the relationship with the, the bird and the dog when they're on the ground with the game? Like, how, how, walk me through that. What does that work? When the, so the hawk brings the squirrel down, they hit the ground, the dog's there. What happens from there? Okay, so with the it's obviously pretty different with the terrier and the spaniel. The spaniel just naturally kind of stays away because she's kind of scared of the hawk. But the, ter right. the terrier still wants the squirrel just as much as the hawk does, so I usually kind of yell at him to like down or kind of recall him back before I get over there. Um, sometimes he still, you know, ran up on there and gotten smacked in the face with a talon, but right. so he kind of knows to keep his distance, but he pushes a lot more um, than the Spaniel does, but I don't really mind it too much. Right, right. <laughs> um, all right, and then um, let's see, so, so, so how, how does your dog contribute, your Yag, for example, your Yag, uh, before? It's found. Like, does he flush them out of bushes, or is he is he actually going out and treeing them on their own, or is he responding to the hawk? Does he follow the hawk, or the hawk follow him? How does that work? Um, so they kind of follow each other after they've figured it out over time. So sometimes he'll like find a random squirrel on the ground and flush it, and occasionally he'll like have one treed. But I wouldn't say he's as good as like a feist or something. Like mm -hmm. he's not going to just go out and tree one, and I just like walk out to them. So we kind of move like as a unit <laughs> through the woods and he kind of, you know, runs around, checks like the thicker stuff and he, he'll look into the canopy too. And I think really flying with the bird taught him that to be pretty good of looking like up. looking up. Yeah, because okay. he can see the bird and he can hear the bells. So he's kind of put two and two together like, oh, sometimes I, you know, I see the squirrel jumping through the canopy with the bird chasing us. So then he's figured out if I can look up and, you know, kind of keep his eye up. Gotcha. Uh, well, did I miss anything? Is there anything else you want to share? Is that, that about it, it sounds like? Um, I mean, sometimes they pull out raccoons. Hey, a raccoon there you go. And a, and a hawk or a possum and a hawk on uh, the same thing. And that's always and kind of fun. But 
not really at the same time. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's kind of uh, what you get with the your, terrier. Has your hawk ever brought a raccoon down before? Um, no, she's kind of grabbed onto like a butt before, and the dogs grabbed onto it, and I try to rip them apart, but she is a uh, she has gotten possums. Right. They kind of give up, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. That that sounds great. Um, well, thanks for sharing with us. Well, I do appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, what what's your name? Yo yo yo. My name's Tony Suffredini. So. All right, Tony. Uh, what kind of falconry do you do, man? Uh, I have I fly two different genres. I'm a long winger. I fly ducks and uh, upland game with uh, big falcons, deer falcons, and uh, hybrids. And I also fly a golden eagle on mostly jackrabbits. Gosh. All right. So where do we start here? Um, uh, that's all super exciting. So what? Uh, all right. So how do you incorporate your dog? How does it contribute to you hunting? Well, uh, right now I'm kind of in between dogs. I, I flew um, I flew my falcons with a, a golden uh, Labrador retriever, uh, okay. Boris, and. Uh, he lived for you know 10 years and flushed a lot of ducks for me and uh, the falcons knew when i picked up uh, or he knew when i picked up my my falconry birds that that was that was time to go you know flush some ducks so produce ducks right yeah yeah, yeah. okay just it's, just like some guys uh may pick up the shotgun and they know they're going for squirrels you know and then right. if they pick up the rifle they might be tracking bloody deer and right. you know so your dogs are keying in on what bird you picked it was up. crazy because i have a, a bunch of different birds and uh he knew when i picked up my white hybrid that, that we were going duck hunting and he was not being left home so that's what i love about dogs is just that drive to was more more of a drive to hunt than, than i have which is that's right so awesome so with the long wings, you'd, you'd get them up in the air and then send your dog into the pond to get them up out of the water? Or how's that work? Yeah, basically, um, my dog would help flush the ducks off these small ponds that um, my falcon was waiting over. And uh, those ducks saw that falcon in the air and they knew they were in trouble and I needed the help of a dog swimming in the water to make those ducks leave the pond, and my, which would give my falcon a chance to kill the ducks and then uh, in turn would give my dog a chance to have a duck in its mouth which was like his favorite thing his to favorite do. thing and Fucking that's something thing. that a lot of people don't realize is you know that this is a natural predator it's in they have an instinctive fear for for these falcons for these raptors you know right. and more so than us as humans sometimes they'll disregard us throwing rocks or anything we could get a duck to go and you actually need a dog to get in there to get them out yeah you, you know? absolutely need a dog to get those ducks to leave because they knew that 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 falcon up above them was gonna was gonna catch one and they needed to be feared for their lives more than you know a rock or me clapping my hands i mean because when we go out with a, with gun hunting i mean if you just if you cough too loud the ducks are gone right you know but when that falcon's up in the air they, they're not leaving no, you know, you they might do. even come out for a little while and turn around and dive right back in right, right? yeah I mean, they're they're not leaving they know that they're in huge trouble and they know they could out out you know, swim a, a me running around the pond. Right. They could probably outswim the dog running around the pond, but it, everything helped. So that's right. why I had a lab. 
All right, well, that's neat. Okay, so then, then how did you use them with your eagle at all? No, I never got a chance. I need a, a fast dog. A Labrador is not exactly the fastest dog. Um, so what are you chasing with your eagle? Uh, jackrabbits. Okay, so then what's the plan then? Well, as soon as a jackrabbit sees an eagle coming for them, they, uh, they go to cover. And so having a fast dog keeps those jackrabbits running and uh, gives the eagle a better chance of catching uh, catching the jackrabbit. That's right. And they'll, they'll even, if they do get, per, you know, if you were to flush it by foot and then the jackrabbit starts running and then it sees that eagle coming, just like we talked about with that duck, they're going to stop behind the sage right. and, and kind of force the eagle to either crash in or something like that, which could cause problems, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been flying a, a same eagle for, for years now, and so he kind of knows what's going on. He'll pitch up and, you know, wait, you know, at altitude for the rabbit to get nervous and hopefully give me enough time to sort of clap him up or chase him out of the bush that they're hiding in. Right. Um, but, but that's the sight. That's the... Uh, that's what I need to... You know, That's what I need a dog for, man. Right. I'm blowing it. Eagle's doing his job. The dog needs to keep the rabbits running, not me. So I'm, well, I'm on the hunt for a fast dog. If, any, right. if you know anybody. Yeah. Sounds like I, you do. I, I think there's a few out there. <laughs> we'll have to talk to Seth about that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hopefully, they can take a beating from a golden eagle who's a total asshole, by the way. That's right. <laughs> Guarantee. It's a big bird. Is it a female or a male? No, it's a boy. His name's Jesus. And, Jesus. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really, uh, he's a great bird. And uh, if a jackrabbit gets up, it's in huge trouble. But um, it'd be a lot bigger trouble if I had a dog to keep it running. That's right. It well, it'd probably incre increase my my uh, my take by 50%, I would guess. That's right. Well, shoot, that was a lot of information, man. Tony, I really appreciate it. You're welcome, man. Thanks, All for, right. thanks for talking. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your name? Chris Price. Chris Price. Awesome. What kind of falconry do you uh, do? I do mostly uh, small falcons on... Uh, on small birds, dove, snipe, those kind of things. All right. Uh, I've, smoked, I've flown small falcon my whole life. Uh, and, and what kind of bird do you use? Uh, I'm using a small tiersel peregrine. Tiersel peregrine. Okay. Well, hey, peregrine, that's the fastest animal on the planet, ain't it? Uh, sometimes they can be. They're, they're supposed to be, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, how do you how do you incorporate your dog with your falconry? Uh, with with mine, I spent a lot of years running in circles in a field trying to flush birds. When a falcon's in the air, the dove and the snipe hold tight. They're not going to flush. Okay. So when you so, get the falcons up, the birds just the birds are holding tight. You can't get them to fly. You don't know. You know they're out there, but you can't see them. They're they're holding tight. Uh, you're running around, waving your arms, nothing's happening. Your falcon's in there, it needs something. Because for years, I didn't have a dog. Right. And finally, it decided, you know, I, I need something. I need mm -hmm. something. So I, I ended up, my first dog was a Springer Spaniel. And uh, it changed everything. I, all I needed was something to go out there and find birds and flush them. And that's how I use him. I'm not point. They're not pointing. Mm -hmm. uh, you you know the birds are out there. You put the falcon up. It waits what we call wait on. You know, three or four hundred feet. Is that where the bird like just kind of hovers? Yeah, like, the bird's up there circling over your head, three or four hundred feet. 
and uh, and then you let the dog out. You start into the field, uh, and the dog, uh, a Springer Spaniel, flushes. They're not going to point. They're 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 just they're flushers. Okay. So you're getting birds moving and the Falcons chasing. But that's what they're good at, though, right? Yeah. I mean, get them up, get them up right now. Yeah, right yeah, now. get them up and let the Falcon get a chance to catch them. You know, if the Falcon misses, he's going to go back up and try again. Yeah, okay. and uh, and that's my main source for needing a dog. Yeah. Neat. And and then uh, you say shorebird. So like this dog is in and out of water. Uh, yes. Now now I fly both uh, dove and snipe. Dove will be more in your dry, plowed, open fields, uh, which you can feasibly get out there and flush those without a dog. Right. Uh, but a dog really helps just for covering the ground that you can't cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, and snipe, especially, you need a dog. You're you're hunting more uh, rice stubble or or wet grasslands that they're holding in and can hide and you need something that'll get in there and and flush them out yeah and not and, only that but the dog can allow you to see and observe rather than you with your head down oh absolutely around, waving your arm absolutely and, yeah. you could, Send the dog yeah. in there, and then you just get to observe. Absolutely, we're all in absolutely. They're they're actually the team. Once they figure it out, you know, I had a Perlin for years and and a Springer that I could literally let them just out of the truck, mm-hmm. lean back against the truck, and watch them go hawking. Now, what's a Perlin? A uh, Perlin is a Peregrine Merlin hybrid. Okay, so that's a cross. That's, right? a, cr- so that's yes. a Peregrine bred to a Merlin. Yes, it makes for a small Peregrine. Uh, you still fly it on a wait on where they're up waiting on the. Uh, you know they're soaring uh, 300 feet or so above you, okay. and and while the dog's flushing the game. Gotcha. And, and uh, then they, they dive down and how high again exactly? Uh, most time, you know, three or four hundred feet. You know, preferably higher, but right. uh, but most flights are in that three to four hundred feet. Gotcha. Uh, so. Well, that's super neat. Well, thank you, Chris. I do I do appreciate it, man. Hope it was helpful. Yeah. Thank you. How many times do you hound doggers catch yourself thinking about an awesome hunt you had or retelling this great story with family and friends around the dinner table and all you have to remember that moment is some terrible cell phone picture or worse, no picture at all? Well, Houndsman XP is partnered with Rough Cut Company to help solve your problem and make beautiful pieces of art to remember for all time your experiences in the field. Rough Cut Company is an American-owned and American-made business in Wisconsin that specializes in custom, unique photo engravings on hardwood that are framed to any picture you want. They also do customizable antler dog chews and even beautiful, unique antler rings from their own red deer in Wisconsin. Rough Cut Company can do pretty much anything you ask their customer service is second to none. Give them a look at roughcutcompany.com and when you check out, make sure you check out with HXP 10% off to get a discount on your final purchase. Check them out, you guys, and support people that support Houndsmen and help keep us in the field and remembering those times forever. Chad, that was a lot of fun, man. I am sad I couldn't make it. I really am. And I really enjoyed (laughs) listening to those. There's a lot more folks and those are going to be airing in the Patreon page along with stuff from the Terrier Trials. I still have tons of interviews from the Terrier Trials. So uh, there's, I love listening to everyone's perspectives. Like you were saying earlier, it's 
no, you're, no one's claiming to have all the answers, but I do love hearing people's opinions on these things because there's so many ways to do it, like you were saying. And it's just cool to see what works for one person and what works for another. And the dogs combine with the hawks. What an amazing way to be an incredibly effective hunter pre-firearms. That's what mm-hmm. I always think about. It's so, so effective. And you do not need any kind of gunpowder-based weapon or any weapon for that matter. Yeah, it's it was really cool. And it, uh, even to talk about that, like, you know, way back, way back when, before we had gunpowder and everything, you know, knights and shields and all that stuff, you know, that's that's how they caught a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. You know, like quail and upland game and stuff that, you know, they didn't, you're not going to shoot it with a bow and arrow, you know, like that's kind of how you got it, you know. To, yeah. It's amazing. Um, to feed the, the nobility, the rich folks, you know, that's what they wanted. I want five quail today, you know, like, oh, I hope the goshawk's good or I'm going to get beat with a stick, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. the way they made it. That's the way they made it happen, you know. And yeah. then now I got a buddy, you know, my, my classic redneck buddy that I went out and showed the squirrel hawking way back when with a red tail. And it was just one of those banging days, you know, everything worked out. I got out of the truck. There was a squirrel running. I turned loose of the bird. He went right up. The squirrel made a bad mistake. We caught it. Boom, came down, traded it off. Um, and then while I turned it off, I threw the bird right back up and another one took off and, and we caught that one. And he was like, man, we were 10 minutes in and we got two dead squirrels without even firing a shot. You know, and I was like, yeah, see, this is an effective means, you know, you can have your bad days, you know, but like you can also have your really good days. And there's folks like Tyler Sladen that goes out and will limit out on quail. You know, he'll get he'll catch the state's limit on on quail with his goshawk, his old goshawk's uh, hash brown, you know, so like it isn't just a novelty. (laughs) Yeah. Long story that goes behind it. Yeah. You got a little bird named hash brown. (laughs) Hey, I got a couple questions. I was listening to all those interviews. I want to ask you some questions. Do you mind? Yeah. It's an eternal. It's an eternal uh interviewer problem i have but okay this is my first question how do you train the dogs to keep them from attacking the bird like obviously not every dog is gonna be able to do this i don't think but how do you how do you keep them from killing the bird yeah (laughs) you're fair enough uh I, i would say any breed can do it you know there's of course you know dogs that just can't you know, but like, I would say any breed, like I say, I know of a guy that hunts with an English bulldog. I know of a guy that hunted with a pit bull. I know I like with these birds, you know, and they and they tiptoe around the bird and won't even look at it hard. And, you know, there's, there's a bubble a lot of birds have. And as long as you're outside of this distance, you know, whatever that bird's distance is, everything's fine. And if you get a little, the dog gets a little too close to it, it's going to start getting either scared or aggressive, you know, and then like the when hawk you see will get dog, aggressive and like oh, yeah. claw at them or something or bite them. Oh, there, yeah. There's, there's all kinds. Wow. Like I said, just like there's all kinds of dogs, there's all kinds of birds. And some, I've had a hawk that, if the dog got too close, it would drop its rabbit and fly away immediately. Wouldn't, it's not even gonna give it a second look. It's just terrified of dog. And then I've had other dogs that if the dog gets too close, it's gonna drop its rabbit and grab a hold of the dog by its face. Oh, you know? shit. And that uh, hurts. And they kind of, they're, they're. They're kind of instinctive animals. There's some hard wires in there, and not all of them are flawless in it, but a lot of them know right where to grab it. They'll grab it on the top of the nose and the bottom of the nose, and the you know the dog could paw it off or shake the heck out of it, but as is when it's caught, it can't bite the bird, and it's got eight ice picks in its face. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, there's there's dogs like if an English bulldog can walk up and go, oh, this bird likes me to stay ten feet away, and I can't even look at it. 
you know, but I can look out of the corner of my eye and see what's going on over there. Like any of these dogs can, can learn as long as they've been raised the right way. Now there's some that are just going to kill everything, but if you get them ahead of time and just put a little effort into it, any of them can learn. It's that just simple deconditioning and, and yeah. or conditioning, I guess, and, and boundary setting. Mm-hmm. And some of these dogs, you know, depending on, you know, you know how dog people are, you know, and there's like founding, you know, narratives about where this dog originated, you know, but like there's some breeds that it's believed that they originated to support falconry. This is a falconry dog, a Vizsla specifically. Um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, big into it and it's country of origin that say this dog was created to hunt with birds, you know, yeah, um, that's right. and you know, so some of them, you know, it's not far fetched because that's what they were bred for, you know, and then just over the course of years, you know, like some of it's been bred out, others have had handles, but like you can hunt with any of them, man. There's English pointers, setters, yag terriers. Like I said, I hunt only yag terriers and then things are wild, you yeah. know, like they generally have a kill it first, ask questions later rule and <laughs> And you can sit those out of motion while they're chasing a rabbit to let the hawk go. And then like stand back five feet and just scream at it, but not come any closer. You know, like, so they, they just taught, you have to do a little bit of groundwork in the house, you know, or in the yard and teach them, no, they're a VIP. But if these like far, far more aggressive than, and wild breeds can, can learn to respect the bird and treat like hell, I have a, my Yag Terrier, I got videos and I could even throw this up there too, where the, like a young hawk will make a mistake. It's chasing the rabbit, the rabbit gets down in the hole right as the dog's getting there too. And the hawk's like, oh, I got it. And it'll grab the dog. I saw that video. I saw that video you were talking yeah. about it, and the hawk is riding your Yag. It doesn't even yeah. care. It yeah, it's grabbing care. a hold of it and, and just like you said, like surfing around on the dog, you know, and if a Yag Terrier of all breeds can be okay with a bird stabbing its little talons into its back of its head. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's just a bird. It's like, still looking for the rabbit. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, they, they can all learn it, but you just, there's a bunch of different ways. There's a million ways to skin that cat, you know, but mainly it's, you teach the bird that, I mean, the dog, that the bird is the VIP. Now it's really hard to teach the bird that the dog's the VIP, you know, like they learn that there are means to an end. The bird will learn that the dog produces gain, but I've had birds that, if we don't get on them for a while and the bird happens to be kind of like extra angry that day, really wanting to get on one, you know, maybe it made a loss or something, but they'll actually, and the dog, my beagles aren't, weren't pushing one. It would actually swoop down and with a closed foot, like strike, <laughs> strike the, the beagle right hey, in the butt, man. He hit him right in the butt, man. Right in the butt hole, bro. <laughs> I'm not lying. It would pass the dog right in the butt and the dog's like, Burr! you know, and the rabbit, <laughs> the hawk goes right back up in the air. And it's like, there, now do it, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, so they, they, Feathery part to teach the bird to respect the dog outside of knowing that they're a meal ticket, but the dogs, they're, you know, dogs are brilliant. They can learn, you know, this bird yeah. is a VIP and they belong. So, you know, without getting into the specifics, you just, you teach them and any breed can be trained to hunt with the birds, you know, maybe not any dog, but any breed can do it if you just put a little effort in. You, know? you you kind of alluded to, to this earlier in the show, but like what makes a falconry hunting dog different than a normal hunting dog? Aside from you got to have these very clear boundaries placed on this guy is off limits a hundred percent. They, it, it all depends. And what, you know, like kind of like some of those questions, like what is your style? How do you like to uh, yeah. catch these things? You know, so range, 
a lot of times like uh, cockers, a cocker, cocker spaniel, like actual field bred working hunting cocker spaniels are, are uh, really good for like goshawks, for example, because <clears throat> you don't want that dog out 600 yards and to get a pheasant up. You know, we can't shoot those with a shotgun, right? That's why we have the cockers stay close. You know, there's a lot of people that believe cockers, working cockers, shouldn't get out past 30 or 50 yards because that's shotgun wow. range. Yep. Don't yep. get out further than that. I can't shoot it, you know? Um, and the same with the goshawk. We don't want to get out that far because we want to see it. I want to see this chase. So a lot of times you'll have dogs that work closer or, you know, some quail dogs, you know, like some of Tyler's quail dogs will get way, way out, 1,000 yards out to find a quail and hold, stay in point. Until you can run over there with your bird. Um, wow. So a lot of them have a style, and then they learn, okay, this is what I want. This is the way I want to hunt. So a range is, is you know, super important. Uh, they A lot of times you're juggling this this wild, literally 100% wild animal, um, and you need a handle, a real good handle on them. You know, so that's something you'll notice about a lot of falconry dogs is they all mind really, really well. Um just because you don't want to be like trying to catch the dog to get it back in the truck with this bird that's, you know. Yeah, you need e- to have everything offended. on point. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so like, you know, uh, generally a closer range uh, unless, you know, you're in some specific situation. And uh, uh, a real good handle, um, you know, generally these are house dogs, you know, like dogs that, you know, live with the family, come in at night, you know, like stuff like that. Just. Because they can they can pick up on subtle nuances, things that aren't even commands, you mm-hmm. know, like yep. just the way you're walking, the, you know, the birds acting like this, you know, because the bird, the dog will key in with the bird as much as the birds key in on the dog, and you know, kennel dogs can. I got plenty of kennel dogs. Don't, don't get me wrong, but um, sometimes they aren't fluent in some of the yep. body language of yep. the bird and the dog. I mean, the bird and the human as like somebody that's around it, you know. That's a good question. That's a good point. They got to be, so, they got to be extra intuitive. Yeah. And you, you know, they don't, I wouldn't say have to, but you, it helps a lot. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, not only does it help, it's just really, really, really cool to see the dog look at the bird and go, Oh yeah, here it is. It's over here. You know? And I mean, that happens with my, with my Falcon and my, my, like I like to hunt taller sage than I would be able to hunt with my sidehound sometimes yep, yep. because my dogs will chase it. And if they lose it, they, they you'll, you'll see they them like up. jumping up, looking up. Oh, there's a Falcon and they'll take off over there. And then if the dog, the bird loses it, it'll look for the dogs. And just watching that interaction is like what gets a lot of us to really geek Isn't out. That that's, that's, a, that's, that's incredible. Interspecies cooperation, human mm-hmm. dog, Falcon, you know, yep. it, that's incredible. And then horse, if you're mounted. Yeah. Yeah. And then that you're just bringing one more pony into the show. You know, it's, this is a dog podcast, but for real, uh, humans are an amazing creature. I mean, we have all these animals that are our partners to accomplish this one goal. It's incredible. Like, I, I love that. So anyway, I geek out on that kind of stuff. I, I really love that. And yeah, is there a, is there anything you need to let the world know about Falcon dogs? my friend um they're a thing they're they're definitely a thing i have to um, see this by the way yeah. I, i've seen it once with a merlin and spaniels getting quail up and it was super fun but i need to see a jackrabbit sighthound falcon race i just need to see that oh you dude you're, you're gonna like it you're gonna like it and now i'm not gonna say <laughs> it's gonna ruin you for it because i like to go out there's like i was saying it earlier to somebody it's one of the most just relaxing like wholesome, carefree, like I recharge when I just kick my side hounds out 
out of the truck and then go for a walk in the sage. You know, they aren't going to run away. They aren't going to leave me. They're not going to go kill the, the cow or something. You know what I'm saying? I like, just, <laughs> just, just take it easy and enjoy it, you know, and just running the sidehounds is, is, is so much fun, you know, and it's refreshing and uh, I'll, I'll never not run just straight rabbit dogs, you know, but when you can tie the bird in every now and then it's, uh, it's, it's cool. Uh, to me, I like, I like to joke about it. I'm like, it's like side hounds with hot sauce, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Uh, it'll never replace it, but it's a nice side side-hounds dish with as much sauce. as I can. Yeah. <laughs> so, I so yeah, I don't know. I think I covered everything as far as I think about falconry dogs. They're out there. They're a thing. They're unique, man. They're, they're really cool. Um, if you ever can, you know, talk to somebody that's got a legit dog that hunts with a hawk, you, you know, give it a shot, you know, go see, go see the dog and bird work together. Cause it's, it's something special when and I every the, state has a falconry club, you know, yeah. every single state has a club. So go find them, go hunt with them. When I made all mixed up, I knew that falconry was going to be a part of it, but I didn't think it was going to be one of the core like parts of the show. I'm, I'm loving it. How's on XP. We are the we're the podcast of Falconers, baby. <laughs> there I you said go. it. There I you go. said it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Chad, it's been, dude, I love hearing about it. I'm, I felt like I was just listening to the show. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was just listening to the podcast and I just was lucky enough to have you on speed dial to ask you these questions. I, I love hearing about this stuff. I love learning about new things. And it, it this this world we live in, this lifestyle, it's so huge. There's so much content to cover i feel like we still only touched the tip of the iceberg i want to come hunting with you and we can get some sweet video together man that will be very fun if everyone can hear i've lost my voice that's what happens when you go hunting with michael sula and watch <laughs> rock hard rabbits with the pedal yep. down to the floor oh i, would, I lost my voice <laughs> yep 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 yeah and i would love like if anybody is interested in hearing specifically get on tell us let us know you know yeah absolutely um, I got some guys that I'd like to get on. I already have some of my own ideas, but let, let's, let's hear from you. You know, tell us, tell, you know, there's, there's, you got a little snippet with all the interviews, but if there's something you want to hear about, let us know. We'll go get them. Hawkers post videos of your birds and your dogs together, getting it done in the comments. We want to see it. Yeah. We want to represent you guys even more. I love it. Birds of a feather. They do. <laughs> together. <That's right. laughs> they That's kill right. together. Mm-hmm. Well, brother. I'm I'm good, man. If there's yeah. anything else you need to go, I, you've answered everything I had and more. I had a list of questions here, and you went through it all, especially with the interviews. So, yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah. Why don't you close this out, brother? This is your episode. All right. Well, let's hunt them hard and treat them like heroes, and then let them fly off your glove and go attack something. Murder chicken. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate every one of you listeners. We'll see y'all soon.